0: Welcome to episode number one hundred and twenty-five of the Towel Lake Talk podcast. This is Casey,
1: and oh. this is Chris.
0: That's what's up. So, lots of movie news, lots of geeky, news. just a lot of news today. It's kind of, kind of crazy. Always. Always. Yeah, last couple <laughs> of days we just got hit with a ton. So, um, but before we get to the normal geekiness, guys, um, just kind of want to give. You know, some respect to Luke Perry, uh who passed away earlier this week. Um obviously a lot of people know him from nine oh two and oh, most recently on Riverdale, uh and if you're an old school Buffy movie fan, uh, from that as well. So um just sad, sad to hear. I mean he's really only ten years older than us, or close to it. So that that one was a was a hard hitting one, sure.
1: Yeah, just um it makes, as we get older, especially us and in going into our 40s, it makes us really start to think about things like this. Because you see people like Luke Perry, larger than life, um, you know, it's spanning generations. I remember my wife came home the other day and she's like, oh, one of her kids was like, did you see Luke Perry died? And it's, you know, the effect that Luke Perry was important to us when we were kids, still important today. And now, unfortunately, this has happened. So it's, it's, it's very sad.
0: Yeah, so we just um, you know we just want to take a moment and acknowledge his his awesome career and, and what he's done for pop culture. Okay, so moving on, uh, let's go into some Marvel News. Uh, we have maybe that season seven, season seven of Agents of Shield could be the final season. Uh, Clark Gregg believes that Shield will be rebooted after Endgame. Now, you just mean Shield as an entity, not agents of Shield, right? Because we've been gone from Shield since uh,
1: Winter Soldier, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Shield dissolved with the whole Hydra thing coming up and and wiping it up basically you know, across the movies and the TV shows. So that was that was fun because that was actually felt like. Probably the most connected that the TV and the movie universe felt in the last 10 years, to be honest with you. Um, Shield has lasted beyond its, it's, um, at least what I believed, how long it was going to last, which is surprising. I think it just, it was kept alive. It has gotten better in the last few years. But, um, do I believe that this should be the, you know, season seven should be the end? I do believe it. Um, what Clark Gregg says, I don't know. Um, I, I think it's more. I'm more in the camp of what you just said. I don't think that it Agents of Shield TV show should continue. Maybe they just do it in a different, uh, a different way. I definitely
0: think that Shield as an entity is huge, mm. and it's almost like it's big enough to be a part of the movies, but it it should be something that shows up and. Spider-Man and, you know, even the street-level characters will have run-ins with S.H.I.E.L.D., etc. So I I don't think that S.H.I.E.L.D. should ever go away. It's just, I don't care about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because of the fact that it's not as connected to the Ultimate Universe.
1: No, I agree with you. Um, I think S.H.I.E.L.D. is is, is massively important in, in yeah. the Marvel Universe, uh, especially as everything's getting all brought together by the purchases and all that stuff. It'll it'll be more more important to kind of connect things again just like it did at the beginning of the MCU. Uh it 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 was that it was kind of that thing that brought everything together together, you know, Nick Fury, Shield. And now I think it's time to go back to that, especially as we head towards things that could happen like Secret Invasion, Dark Reign, all these crazy things. Like why can't Norman Osborn come into the MCU and run Shield? You know what I mean? Like that's it doesn't matter what you think, all right? It's it's the fact that it needs to exist in the overall MCU, like you said, because I of think things like it, this—it's—it's it's right. good storytelling.
0: I think it should. Uh, actually, we were just talking about it on um, at the Warlock Home Video Network about how it's a shame that Norman isn't there, isn't been around. You know what I mean? Like he's such a huge character, and unfortunately, Sony controls all this. You don't want to see Norman as part of in, I, in the Listen,
1: MCU? you know it's coming. The reason why Sony doesn't have it right now is because the um, Marvel is like, no, we want to do Norman Osborn. So you guys go and do your own little things. Eventually, we're gonna once once we have all this in t- in in show, we're gonna do it the right way. So yeah, that's I, all I he's coming. Yeah. He's coming. He's coming. I don't care what Sony's doing now. Sony's Sony's time is 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 limited to how how much control they're gonna have. That's my belief.
0: In the meantime, we have movies that are under MCU, like Captain Marvel, which, if you are hearing this, you probably have already seen it, or you're going to see it this weekend. Um, it's getting good reviews. It will make a lot of money, uh, of course. Um, I'm, you know, I, I actually going in with low expectations, personally. <laughs>
1: This is this is this is what I was saying a couple of weeks ago. It comes down to, it comes down to the fact that this is an MCU movie. It's gonna do what it's supposed to do. Um, it's another origin movie, and that's what people are like saying. It's oh, it's okay. It's just it's being bogged down by another origin story. Listen, listen, people. <laughs> I don't know who Car- Carol Danvers is in this universe. I don't know what happened in the '90s in the MCU. I'm I'm more than interested in finding out what happened before all this so that we can get a good origin story for one of the most powerful characters you're about to introduce. So uh, these critics that go out there and say it's like another run of the mill superhero movie, I don't yeah, sure. That's that's kind of there is a uh, there's a formula to it. It doesn't mean like when once we go and sit down and watch it we're not going to love it. You know what I mean? So I it's the same thing. The same crit critiques uh that we hear every time
0: yep so we'll see uh it will make a ton of money that's all that matters and it's important for um kind of the same way that black panther was important and into the spider-verse for people of color um they're doing some things uh specifically aimed towards young uh women or in girls where they're trying to get like them to come in buses and go see this movie because of how important it is to have a female-driven superhero film.
1: Exactly, and that's why I kind of I, I kind of get frustrated with with how it's being treated negatively. Um, come on, this is this is important. If it's good, it's already being said it's good. No, is I it, know, but that's we not... know it's good. I, is it great? I, is Black Panther great?
0: You in know some ways in, in some, no some ways, ways, except for the ending,
1: <laughs> which makes it at least good right yeah in but in the Ken influence Quiggy, I trust exactly exactly, especially with this next thing,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, Emma Thompson's rumored for the black widow movie,
1: yes, this is uh I wasn't gonna write this down, but then it just it was like wildfire, uh, and usually these kind of rumors. Uh, coming from certain sites and sources end up being true because um, people do have inside, uh, you know, more inside scope than a lot of other sites do. So it's—I don't think it's just a fake news thing. I think that it's like what we're about to talk about with the uh, Deadshot. Uh, you know, I would like to see that. There's uh, what's her name there—the uh, the other Black Widow. People are saying, "Oh, she would be great in that role, you know." So, or maybe a younger Scarlett Johansson, you know, in the flashbacks or something. So, I would love to see a caliber actress like Emma Thompson join the MCU.
0: Just to clarify, because I had not read this, hmm. Emma Watson. Who would I say? Thompson.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Emma Watson. That's what. Yeah, I mean. yeah.
0: Because I was like, "What are you talking about, young?" And I googled it. Sir so Hermione from yes. the Harry Potter films. How did who, Thompson get on there? I don't know. Man. But anyway,
1: twenty-eight-year-old um, <laughs> Emma Watson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's who we meant the whole time, guys. Sorry. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Right. Um, hell, I I would love to see her in these movies. I would love to see her in this movie.
0: We'll see what happens. I mean we're we're at a really weird point where we don't know what's next. We know we know what's next. We know there's Black Widow and Black Panther and. Doctor Strange and Eternals, but we don't know how everything's going to connect and what it means for the greater Phase 4. And jumping over to Sony World, we got our first look at Morbius. Um, Tyrese Gibson is joining the cast, as well as Jared Harris. And then we got a look, kind of, of uh, Jared Leto as Morbius. It basically just looked like Jared Leto being, being... with long hair, which we've seen him look like that in 30
1: seconds. Mars. Yeah. The last 20 years.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, here's the thing. Venom, I thought was going to suck. And I really had a good time. Spider-Verse is one of the best movies I've seen in years. If, and it's definitely my favorite Spider-Man movie. So those are two things that Sony have done in the recent years where I'm like, huh? So yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with Spider-Man and yes, I'd like it to have something to do with Spider-Man, but at the same time, if it's just a cool vampire movie, which we haven't seen in a long time, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, I I would like to see studios take the, uh, the new DC route uh, where everything doesn't have to be connected because you're putting way too much um, expectation on your back that way. Uh, and instead of just going out, making a great film and having you know, letting people have a good time. Uh, so, you know what? You're right. Uh, as much as I want to say, you know, let Sony give Marvel the full rights to Spider Man. Let them do what they want with it. At least they have their partnership, and Sony's making quality stuff. Yep, absolutely. That's, that's a positive. So, finally,
0: finally, all right. Mm-hmm. Moving on to DC news. Uh, this this did hit like wildfire yesterday. Um, DC is eyeing Idris elbow to replace Will Smith uh, as Deadshot in the upcoming Suicide Squad movie from uh, James Gunn. Uh, that was a big one. And then Joel Kinnaman is out as, who is he, Rick? Flag, Frick flag, Frick yeah. flag. Um, the last piece of news I don't really give a shit because he didn't really do anything in the movie. And I like Joel Kinnaman as an actor, but he's on Hannah, and I'm yeah. that show's supposed to be good. So yeah, I'd rather him stay in the TV realm where he always does a good job. And he's on Altered Carbon, like he doesn't need this Suicide Squad movie. Um, but <laughs> what do you think of Idris Elba? <laughs> that
1: that's, that's Elba. a better that's a better <laughs> casting than Will Smith. Um, this. It is Will Uh,
0: Smith did a great job. I
1: loved Will Smith as as Deadshot, but I was like, I would love to see Will Smith return because I don't know anybody else that could do the role. And then all of a sudden they said this, and I said, yeah, uh, paired up with James Gunn, kind of like a soft reboot of Suicide Squad. I'm in already. I was in when you said James Gunn.
0: Yeah. You got to think too, like Idris Elba did the Losers. You know what I mean? And he's pretty much playing a comic book character in the upcoming Hobbs and Shaw movie. And he did the Dark Tower. He likes genre films. He's good. Yeah. He's good in that in that realm. In addition to the fact that he's just one of the best actors working right now. Oh, and mm-hmm. Daw Heimdall. da I mean, the guy exactly. likes comic book movies. So, um. All right, Aquaman. This is out. Buy it. That's it.
1: That's it. Watch those special features. Watch
0: special features, support the filmmakers, and uh, go buy that movie because it's great. Um, we got a new trailer for Shazam. Uh finally. Jeez. Feels like it's taken fucking seven months. Sorry to swear, but it's just I don't
1: I don't I have to cut you off because I don't understand why everybody's like that. We've had this is a third trailer we've watched. Is this it this is the third trailer. This is the final trailer. Yeah. We saw the first one that was uh There was the first one, there was the second one, and this is the final one. I I don't know what
0: counting works, but I don't remember what the first trailer was. Go
1: look them up, man. I'm telling you right now, I don't know why people are... You're not the only one that said this, but I just feel like... um,
0: Well, regardless of the fact that it's been
1: three, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm.
0: second one has been playing for a very long time. Yeah. It even says right here, Warner Brothers Pictures, Shazam, official trailer two. So there must have been a teaser
1: and then two trailers. Right, fine. Exactly, we have that's two that's uh, two different. trailers prime, but the teaser was not just a teaser. The teaser was a trailer. It was like three minutes long, and it was no different than the second trailer. The second trailer showed some more footage. Then this third trailer showed more footage. I don't, you no. know, I've I've had my fill of trailers from Shazam. Let's just watch the movie already.
0: Well, wow. I'm I I'm agree pumped. with that last statement and the fact that I just want to see the movie already. But I was.
1: Each Very trailer happy. is an extended version of the the last one. That's what it is. It's, uh, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just telling you the truth. Because uh, that's the truth. Uh, and this trailer was funny. It was and it showed a little more awful. structure of the film. Yeah. Yes. I cannot wait.
0: Um, Batman turns 80 this year. And with it, DC... Looking gone. good. <laughs> yeah, he's, good. He's, he's, he's looking great. Um they're going to be doing a lot of weird shit. Um <laughs> quite frankly, 75 they did a lot of weird stuff and it was cool, but like this year they're going to be unveiling like live bats over uh Austin, Texas, over the Congress Bridge. They're going to be doing that during uh South by Southwest. Um they'll be doing a lot of cities will be showing the bat symbol in the air. Uh, Lego exhibitions got an Art of the Brick featuring DC superheroes. Jeez, um, Rome and Shanghai will be doing uh, Batman exhibits. There'll be a Boys and Girls Club thing. There's just Mondo, of course, has a whole Batman art exhibit coming out in May. So it's just it's kind of bananas how much Batman stuff's happening. And as a huge Batman fan that we are, I I can't wait. Bring it on.
1: It's cool. Now let me just put it this way: If Detective Comics 1000 wasn't coming out, I don't know why an 80th anniversary is that important. And we just had the 75th. That's that's all I'm going to say about this. The um, what Which, are, what are they doing with the bats in Austin? Not like you can't go see these things every day in Austin. You know, on 1.5 million nightly. bats. They're uh, they're releasing bats. They're releasing more bats, like, like
0: actual bats, the animal, the flying. The Congress, going.
1: the Congress Bridge. Is where all the bats live, and they come out on a daily basis. A million. Well, there's like,
0: more of them, Chris.
1: I don't understand how they're just going to release more of them. Um,
0: I, don't, I don't know what. I I don't. They're gonna know. They're going to be
1: fighting in the air. Bats be dropping dead on top of people. It'll be. It's going to be pandemonium, my friend. Pandemonium.
0: Bat chaos.
1: There'll be vampires all over Texas before we know it.
0: That's it. that's it. I've seen that movie in uh, John Carpenter's Vampires.
1: Uh- <laughs> uh, too bad we got it. I love that movie. Love that movie. Sans things, James, James Wood. James Wood. Yeah. Loser. All right, we're
0: moving on. We don't want to talk about that. Um, finally, big news. Big news. Last night, Stephen Amell tweeted out: "Arrow is done. Um, Arrow is ending uh, with just ten episodes, which coincides with uh, what we had talked about a few months ago." when the crossover hit that arrow will have a shortened season, it will end at the crossover. He will sacrifice himself to anti-monitor likely. And that's it. And, and, and they had a good run.
1: What do you think of this? El natural, my friend, this is exactly what we wanted. This is what we predicted. And the fact that they're going with 10 episode abbreviated season is awesome. Um, Hopefully they do it a little bit better than Gotham. Um, <laughs> but I, I think Gotham has been fine if it okay. wasn't
0: the end if it wasn't the end. Like yes. if this was a 24 episode season of Gotham, this is right in line with what Gotham does. Yeah. But the stakes are not there. It's just like when are you going to get better? Like when are you gonna show Batman? Like, you know what I mean? Like you feel like this needs like when you see that first part in Gotham the first thing that we saw where it was like a year and a half later, everyone's teamed up against, I don't know, the government. And it was like absolute chaos. Yeah. Yeah. shooting
1: down that wall. Yeah. Like like, how are we getting to that point within an episode? I'm sorry. (laughs) That
0: is the issue. I I do. I do agree with you with that. Yes. Um, So hopefully Arrow, knowing that it's the end, it hasn't started filming the final season yet. Um, they don't do that usually until now-ish or in May or something, but like knowing that they can go all out and they have an end with the crisis, I really hope that it gives us a satisfying ending and that everybody is like, okay, you guys went out on a high note. You 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 started something that we've never seen before. Literally, never seen before. This kind of connected universe that has never happened on television before you know, Buffy and Angel would have some crossovers here and there. You know, uh, uh, the Facts of Life spawned from different strokes back in the 80s. But we've never seen this ever before. No. And um, it's all because of Stephen Amell and the team over at Arrow. That's right.
1: That's right. All the uh, the haters at the beginning who thought this wasn't going to work uh, after this kind of came out of the Smallville years. Uh, it did something that, you know, it. it's you know, it's funny about the show is it started off the Dark Knight era where everybody wanted these realistic heroes. Yeah. And that kind of just kind of failed out. Yeah. was solid for that. They did a great job being it was very one, grounded.
0: one and a half years because Flash yeah. got introduced in season two. Exactly. <laughs> they they it did very it grounded. Ground one and a half year.
1: <laughs> um, so all I'm going to say is in, in Berlanti, we do trust. Correct. And I, I do not see this being a failed effort at all.
0: No, and and I'm excited to see what the CW has next. I mean, I don't... Don't bet one. I do not think... No, I do not think that Stephen Amell has hung up his quiver forever. I think that dude, anytime they ask him, he'll show up. And I will not be surprised. You know, we'll see something on... On the flash where they'll go to the future and Nora will inevitably screw up the timeline and we'll see him or whatever. Like I it's, it's going to happen. He won't be gone. None of those characters will be gone forever, but it, you know, it, it was uh, eight years, man. That's a long time.
1: Yeah, no, I agree.
0: And then uh, just as an aside, Ernie Hudson is going to be joining uh, Arrow next season. Not sure what capacity he'll be playing.
1: He's going a bunch uh, up against Diggle. That's what I had read. I don't like, know if he Diggle's like... dad. No, oh, okay. no. I, I, just it has something to do with Spartan. Um, we'll figure it out though. Okay. Maybe that was just rumors. But... Was it this year
0: or is it next year? It could be this it's year. This year, it's probably. This I
1: year. bet you. And I was just wanted to say actually, this is I want to say one last note on Arrow. Um, this season has been solid. Yeah. It's been very good. It's been very good at tying things together at the beginning of the season and bringing it back now. Um, a lot beginning of beginning of the series, you mean. The series and this season, yeah. um, a lot of connected niffs. Um, I don't know how caught up you are, but I don't even we don't want to talk about it. But um, these last two seasons are solid, uh, where it was kind of floundering a little bit. And now it's like, let's, let's go out strong, because you, you guys have hit a high note. So it was
0: season four. Sorry, season three with Raz was a shitty Roz. Yeah. But it wasn't a horrible season. Season four with Damien Dark was just too all over the place that they didn't yeah. know what the fuck's going on with Constantine and magic. And it just didn't work with Arrow. But season five, six, and seven have been great. Mm-hmm. And I've loved them. So, yeah,
1: right um, in the middle there.
0: Yeah. All right. Moving over to comic news. Uh, this is a huge one. Huge. Um,
1: huge. Huge. We huge just, one. We, just we, we said something like this the other day. <laughs>
0: So, this goes into an overall uh, discussion that we'll have after we read the rest of this news. But Mike Diodato, um, DFAT's friend, <laughs> has uh, read, read our interview with Mike Diodato if you guys haven't um, uh, over on com. But he is departing Marvel after 24 years. Yep.
1: Good. Long time. Long time. This guy has so much talent. Yes. And I just, he's doing good books at Marvel. But I don't have a lot of I don't really I'm not really into Marvel right now. I'd love to see him go do other things. Like I'd well, to talk to well,
0: well, yeah. So he's going over to Dark Horse to yep. do a creator-owned comic with Jeff Lemire, who was also a longtime Marvel writer. Uh who um, worked
1: with Diodato in a few titles, correct. which are some of the best ones.
0: Correct. So look up any of Lemire and Diodato's pairings in Marvel. Um uh, but they're gonna be working on a story called Berserker Unbound about a barbarian who gets trapped in the future, in the present, um, it will be curious. It's almost like a Exo Man War without the alien tech. You know what I mean? In that way, um, it reminds me of an '80s idea. Like it seems like a very '80s idea to do that. Like when uh, He Man comes into modern world and Masters of the Universe. Like that's what it reminded me of too. Yeah. So, um, but the two of them, honestly. Could do no wrong. I buy everything that Lemire does, and Diodato has been one of the most solid artists for 24 years over there. So I'm pumped. I will definitely be uh, checking this title out.
1: Yeah. Sorry, pre-order. No. <laughs> yeah, He right? yeah. can't pre-order yet, but Not it would yet. be if I could.
0: That's true. Uh, so let's talk about one of our other favorite writers, Jason Aaron. Um, he has been teasing the big crossover that's coming out um, this month I think May. Or next month
1: April or uh, May yeah yeah
0: um, which is war of the realms uh, this is the big all the Marvel characters uh, fighting a- against many of the Asgard creatures um, in a big uh, crossover. Multiple tie-ins, probably over four thousand tie-ins. <laughs> it's
1: it's ridiculous. It's like we just talked about this on the last show. It's it's. I don't know how people can afford this bullshit. Well,
0: we're gonna we're gonna talk about it right after this. We're gonna talk about it because there's some other things that I've been reading about. But the, just to kind of tie up this thing with Jason Aaron, he's done with Thor. This is it. He did his uh over fifty. You know what I mean? Not to mention other tie-ins and stuff like that. Um. Which is funny. He's like, "Oh, after you know, fifty issues, like I'm done." And I was like, "You ain't know Scott Snyder, bro." <laughs> like Scott Snyder is written like I don't even know how many Batman titles at this point. It's kind of disgusting, but um, I just thought that it was really funny when he tweeted that out, and I was like,
1: "I'm sure Scott Snyder just chuckled." <laughs> he did, but I think it's smart. Yeah, I think you don't want to get typecast cast into a writing unless you role. want Scott Snyder does not ever want to. Why write it would you not want to not? Well, he does, but why not start with the best? I mean, now right. he's writing Justice League, which involves. Right, Batman. he wrote Dark Knight. Like he does so much other stuff. I remember when he did that Superman Unbound, which was not very popular. Um, no, that that was kind of his is uh, try to escape from the Batman title, uh, but Jason Aaron. Uh, yeah, he has an immense amount of storytelling talent that can be used outside of the realm. Correct, really. correct. Not that he hasn't done an amazing job, but it's it's. I would love to read some different stuff. That's it.
0: Well, he did uh Southern Bastards was his. Yeah, great image.
1: Do you write Doctor Strange for a while? He did. He yep. did right. He yeah. rebooted Doctor
0: Strange recently. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, you know, we were talking about it in the last sort of couple episodes, but that uh Punisher. Um max that he did was just a thing of brilliant i mean he's been writing for mar for a long time he's probably the next one to fall which is unfortunate but i wouldn't be surprised um so that brings us to our our bigger thing here is comics uh specifically the big two we talked about it repeatedly how there's too much and recently dan how do i say his last name didio didio the Diode you um, Yeah. You know, Whatever. head of, of DC Comics is talking about how they're cutting down on a bunch of their issues. Marvel is going to be, after War of the Realms, cutting down on a bunch of their titles. And right now, a really popular-selling comic, at most, will sell 20,000 copies. When, back in the 90s, Jim Lee's uh, X-Men sold for, like, over a million copies. So, right. like, we're just... We're nowhere, nowhere close to that. And I think it's because people are just getting fatigued on the amount of comics that are out there. That, you know, also during image time, there wasn't as much competition. Like almost, I mean, anybody at this point can self publish due to Kickstarter, i.e., see hollowed. You guys can buy that on comiccentral.com. Uh, <laughs>
1: but like, there's so much. I got to stop you. Um, quick question about that number. Twenty million, whatever, right? Oh, Not twenty no, thousand. I'm sorry. 20, Does that include digital?
0: I don't think it includes digital.
1: Does it? Yeah, right. I don't so, know if
0: it includes comicsology. You know what I mean? But like,
1: correct. We yeah. also we also live in a major time of pirating. Uh, so correct. when companies do this, when they oversaturate the market, they they create this problem themselves. So it's like, do I want to pay for Batman twice a month? I do because I collect all Batman for the last. Whatever. But when it comes down to it, would you rather buy one Batman title a month that's solid versus trying to like buy two? You're paying more. You're looking at the storage space. I mean, this is this is a huge transformational generation of, of digital content. I mean, alone you and I have have proven that we stopped buying movies or started buying digital movies. You know, so it's like when do people stop with this physical media? Like, I get the I get the money, I get the numbers thing, but at the same time, we are in a totally different age. Which is which is the easy answer. Um, the second easy answer is, as a comic collector, I also believe that it's 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 an insane amount of money. It's like I have to, if I'm going to buy comics, I can't buy DC and Marvel because I buy enough DC titles titles that fill up my budget because I am buying two comics a month for a lot of titles, and I gotta say what I gotta cut I gotta cut out titles I am not as interested in or if I'm only buying a couple from one publisher I have to stop that so it's like what do you do this is this is this is just I think this is very natural I think it's it's been coming and it needs to happen because we've been talking things like Marvel now where they just keep rebooting things and just throwing a ton of titles at you that that eventually get cancelled, which we're looking at this quantity or quality problem. And that's what it comes down to.
0: Yep. And um, So uh, Emerald City Comic Con is coming next weekend or very soon. Hmm. Um, And Marvel is actually kind of doing a plea for comics, a panel. It's not called that, of course, but the panel is talking about how we wouldn't have things like Endgame and all the movies that are coming out if it wasn't for these comic books coming out. So Joe Quesada and C.B. C. C. Beluski or whatever his name is there, they're going to be talking about that. And as well as Dark Horse has some panels coming out similar, DC has some panels coming out similar how the comics drive the rest of media. Like we wouldn't have an Umbrella Academy if it wasn't for the comic. We wouldn't have... Deadly Class and etc. I mean, the, the list literally does go on, but at the same time, at least for the smaller publishers, it's quality over quantity.
1: Correct. Um, I have a hard time thinking about it outside the big two because I believe that these smaller publishers are are doing it the right way. Um, creator owned, you know. Mini series to once a month, maybe once a quarter, um, the quality. And, and that's why I never really regret buying these books from Image, Dark Horse, things like that. Let me, fi- let me finish real quick. Yeah. Um, the idea that um, there was this question posed in the comic book investing group on Facebook the other day, and it was kind of a big debate of how our comics really influence the market as much. Are kids going out and buying comics? are will this continue into the future or is this really failing uh is comic book as as a medium gonna eventually just go away and it'll become digital there'll always be comic books but where will it go uh people believe that people are buying less of this stuff i don't know because there's so much stuff being flooded into the market now with pop pop culture collectibles and 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 all that stuff that it's hard for me to judge whether these things are being bought up in 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 the amount that need to be making money for these, these products. Um, So what's going to be the biggest influence, these movies that routed from comics that came out over the last 50 years, or, you know, like you just said, this little micro thing where we get these, these, these mini series like umbrella Academy, um, these more independent ones that are more interest to us uh, versus the general masses.
0: Two things. One, before I answer that question, I was going to say things like Valiant have it right. There is an Mm -hmm. 18 Exo series or 18 Bloodshot series. They do it as a single standalone person, and then they'll tie them up in their own big crossover. But like that, to me, is the way to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I get that there's a Detective Comics and that there's also a Batman comic. I get it, and I read them both. I love them both. Um, But at the same time, you really got to look yourself in the mirror and go, do I need the Super Boys as well as the Justice League, as well as the Superman, as well as the God knows everything else? You know, the side teams, Batman Unlimited, Eternal, Incorporated. No. And and, and now your profit shares are showing that. But I think that to your other questions, there's always going to be comics. Always. They are never going to get rid of them. And they're never going to get rid of them as a physical media either. Will they cut down on the 800 variants that are coming out for Bat- for Detective 1000? I hope so. And they've been talking about it for years that they need to. Um, especially at Emerald City Comic Con, which is to us, the most realistic comic book con. Because all the rest of them are really pop culture cons. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, is that the big two are so hard to adapt because they're owned by giant mega corporations that you have to buy a deadly class a uh, lock and key an umbrella academy um i mean there's so many other ones that are getting adapted as we the the boys you know what i mean like there's so many things that are coming out still and they're all based off of smaller comics that you know right now we're in the comic book golden age not only in the comic world but also in comic books transcending media that you know, they would be stupid to get rid of comics, and uh, they have to keep taking from those guys.
1: I think what you just said there is important because these these storytellers who work for the big two, they've been handed these stories, they've been handed rules or whatever, we gotta do it this way. Now you look right. on the other side of things where these independent creators are coming up with these stories, but they're not just coming up with them as comic books. They're putting this down in a physical media that people can... It's comic books the media that's been existing. So now with everybody buying up these, these these movies and TV shows and stuff like that, it's just the best way to get your script out there. Yep. And it's, it's just, it's another way to help adapt physical media into what, you know, what we call visual media nowadays. So it's. Yeah. So that's
0: our comic book rant, which means it's a good time to take a commercial break. And we'll be right back. <laughs> have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping out a Tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite
1: explosions right There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her! We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Uh, Got him.
0: It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of don'tforgetatowl.com geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. All right. We're back after those commercials, and we got a little bit of music news. Um... Buffy, the musical, or Buffy Once More with Feeling, is getting put out on vinyl. Uh, (laughs) I can remember way back when, when they announced the Buffy musical and how much I was against it. Despite how much I love musicals, I don't know what was wrong with me, but um, it's amazing. Great episode, awesome music, super excited that Mondo, of course Mondo, is putting it out
1: absolutely uh just leave it leave the mondo to make some great weird products and then make us want to spend lots of money
0: yeah so that was uh from 2001 holy cow 18 years ago <laughs> all right well anyway if you wanted to get that vinyl now's the time you uh, on episodes. yeah yeah i'm uh, i'm happy so moving on to tv news there's another Walking Dead show uh, spinoff in development right now. Um, honestly, it's almost non-news because that we knew it's going to
1: happen. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh god, not news. Don't care. The show is losing all its normal people. Nobody's watching it. I don't care. I really don't. Um, maybe Comic-Con will stop doing it on their badges for once. That would be nice.
0: That would totally be great. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But anyway. Uh, I'm sorry.
1: Pop Culture Con.
0: Yes, that's it. New York Pop Culture Con. han L. Culpepper is going to be directing the Picard pilot. So that is the first woman to launch a Star Trek series. Um, we 're also adding in cast members Santiago Cabrera and michelle heard um pretty pretty great news that uh we 're getting more diversity in the um in the casting realm in the ca- crew realm um and uh you know D- Jane was always one of my favorite captains so i you know i think it 's good that Star Trek has always pushed diversity um since the beginning of the series with gene roddenberry so that's that 's great news
1: agreed. Agreed. Very, very excited to see this show. Me too. Yeah. Well, I, I would, I would pay five ninety nine a month for this when it's on. Is that how much it is? It is. Oh, but it's going to have the other shows. It'll have the Twilight Zone. So right. at that point, it's probably going to be worth it just that to watch one... this. Stack up in the other ones and be done with it for the season. That's it.
0: Correct. Correct. <laughs> Uh, so, Love, Death, and Robots got a first trailer. So, what this is is an animated anthology brought to you by Tim Miller and David Fincher.
1: Oh, this is what that is.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, this is Tim Miller's, like, dream project, I heard uh, from him. And um, it looks effed up. It looks basically <laughs> like uh, the the um, Matrix when they did that anime. It looks like that, but like cranked up to a thousand different forms of animation stop motion c g i two d uh it just looks wild. Watch the trailer um coming to Netflix soon, uh, I think cool. this month so oh wow, really? That's yeah, I awesome. love death and robots. looks pretty crazy
1: it's exciting. I gotta watch that trailer Elizabeth Shu
0: uh has joined or sorry, is rumored to be joining. Cobra Kai
1: season two. This will happen probably after the popularity of the first season. I don't see why it won't happen.
0: They, uh, if you want, uh, if you listen to Collider podcast, specifically uh, Christian Harloff's one-on-one, he talks to the creators of Cobra Kai and in that, it was right after the first season aired, but in that they talk about um that they have a lot of special characters up their sleeve. They don't want to announce who, um, but characters that we have seen from the previous films. Um, And they just want to make sure they do it in an organic way because the whole series is very organic. So, you know, how does it fit into the greater thing when Elizabeth Shue, you know, uh, she was Daniel's girlfriend for the first movie, but like now he's married with children. Like, how does it make sense 30 years later to show up with Elizabeth Shoe? And that's the question. So I don't know. But
1: if anybody can do it, they can do it.
0: They can do it. Um, then we have some news from Game of Thrones, which we did get a Game of Thrones trailer this week. Um, the trailer. Know. We the got trailer. the
1: trailer. The trailer. I didn't watch it because I got to finish last season.
0: I didn't watch it because I'm going in as fresh yeah, as possible.
1: Fresh too. as possible. Too.
0: Um, but they did say that the longest battle ever filmed, this is in all of film, is going to be this season. So I'm thinking it's going to be a 60-minute episode that's literally just a fight.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've been touting this forever. There's no doubt this is going to be amazingly epic. Um, and they have a nice 60-block minute to do it. If not more. Uh, if so it's not great. more.
0: Some episodes are 90
1: minutes. And outside of like Lord of the Rings, if something like this didn't happen, I'd be extremely disappointed. So it's like, this is what we've been waiting for.
0: Yeah. This is longer than, I mean, the battle that happens at the end of the last Lord of the Rings film, which is escaping, return of the King. return of the King was one of the longest battles ever filmed. And uh, there's one in the Hobbit Might even be longer, but this is like the one So
1: memorable Casey memorable Battles Correct. <clears throat> Correct.
0: Um, this is true All right, let's move on to movie News and I've been talking a lot so let's Have you take over
1: All right, so the uh, Invisible Man The Blumhouse Takeover of the Universal Monster Movies, uh, which we're very happy about uh, Has cast Elizabeth Moss And you know what the role is? We no, don't know. We don't and know. Undisclosed. Yep. So that's she. It could be the Invisible Woman. man Oh, yep. could be. Which would be a you know that'd be another thing out of left field. It'd be a smart move too. Um. So this is exciting. This uh is, is picking up speed, and I can't wait to see more from, from the, the dark universe we were hoping for. So.
0: Yeah. Me either. And uh, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, Handmaid's Tale right now. She's in The Kitchen. That's coming up, that comic book adaptation. Something else. She. I mean, she's a great actress. I love her mm-hmm. and everything, including Mad Men, which is where I, I started watching her. So, yeah. I, I'm glad for that casting.
1: Uh, next up, Ghostbusters News, uh, the sequel it's coming in 2020. Uh, we're getting a casting news from Carrie Coon and Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Uh, so we're they're going to be cast as a mom and son with mysterious ties to the 1984 movie. Already world-building. One step further than the, uh, the the reboot even tried to do. So, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that Finn
0: Wolfhard, man, he's all over the place.
1: He is. He is. It'll, it'll be really confusing for people who don't think like this is tied with Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Why does he have that suit on in the show and some in Ghostbusters? It's all connected. Uh, Next up, Scooby animated movie uh, has cast Tracy Morgan, Gina Rodriguez, and Will Forte. Uh, This looks to be kind of a world-building scheme for Hanna-Barbera. This is exciting news because everybody seems to want to be doing this world-building thing lately. And As old as the properties are for Hanna-Barbera, they're still very fresh. Uh, They were made fresh by DC recently, and they're their one shots crossovers um, and then also uh, some more mature series that have either continued or have been canceled since, but um, there has been a lot of interest in seeing more of this stuff.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to uh, give a little insight cause I didn't know about this until we, right before we started talking um, and also Frank Welker huh. will be uh, doing. So Will Forte will be shaggy. Gina Rodriguez is Velma. Tracy Morgan is Captain Caveman. Yes. Um, and then Frank Welker is best known. Not best known, but he used to do the voice of Fred back in the 60s. And now he's doing the voice of, Sh- of Scooby. Um, and did the game- both back in the day? I thought no, I'd write that somewhere. Maybe he did both. Because um, that was what? Casey
1: Kasem after Casey
0: that? Casey Kasem did, no, Casey Kasem did uh, Shaggy.
1: Oh, right, right, Fred. I'm sorry, Fred.
0: Yep. Yep. Um so what happens is the Mystery Inc. gang will join forces with other heroes of the Hanna Barbera universe to save the world from Dick Dastardly and his evil plans. And this time we are told the threat is real. So that <laughs> is world building, adding in a Captain Caveman and the other people and Dick Dastardly, who's from Wacky uh Racers. Wacky Racers, yeah. So cool. Hanna Barbera fans, you know, celebrate
1: animated or c g i animated
0: uh like big
1: screen fun movie
0: I, i'm assuming and i could be wrong it's gonna be two d mm.
1: yeah straight to d v d yeah probably uh next up hellboy we got the red band trailer what do you think we uh we had some specul- uh not speculations uh little scrutinizations of the the first one, a lot of people did. What did you think of this new one? Was it the same thing, just bloodier? You didn't watch it. I watched it. I'm just oh. asking you. How you? Oh, thought I about
0: thought that. it was way better.
1: It was way better. Correct. Yep. Um. Still, it's you know the thing. I'm. I guess what I'm going to say here is that how much how much can you really deviate? Uh, I know that like Mike McNola M- has said that this is this is his vision of Hellboy and this is what it should be and blah, blah, blah. But I, you know, thematically, I don't see, as much as we want to say, why couldn't we have a third Ron Perlman movie at the same time? It's like, was he too old to do it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just felt that way, but this is getting better uh, every time we see it. But at the same time, I just, I still thought it felt kind of familiar. I don't know.
0: I mean Maybe it's can, supposed to.
1: Maybe it's supposed to. You know, it is Hellboy. It's not trying to rewrite the whole thing.
0: You know what I mean? No, I mean like same thing with Spider-Man, right? Like how mm-hmm. much different can you be? Like it's still Spider-Man, you know what I mean? Or Batman or whatever. Like you can Correct. you can take these characters and kind of change them, but unless you're going full Spider-Verse, you gotta stick similar. Um this one to me, like there's still monsters and not so much fantasy creatures. Um, that was a big difference. Obviously, the swearing was a big difference. The gore yeah. was different. Um, and those are the things that are going to distinguish it. Right now, David Harbour is not different enough from Ron Perlman to make me go, this is, a, this is an all-new Hellboy. That doesn't change. That, that seems very similar other than his face look. But everything else is slightly different.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really. It doesn't do anything for me. In fact, I don't even know if I like it any better. Um, because sometimes I feel like, not to be mean, but I can't even understand what he's saying. Sometimes, you know, I, it's the way, he does the, David the way he does the
0: boy, or the way he does
1: the David Harbor. Uh, I yes. just, I'm not the look. Like, I just think like Ron Perlman looked really good as Hellboy, like that whole makeup job and all that. This is okay so far for me. I'm not really that impressed by it. Nor am I by him. so. Well, we'll see.
0: let me say two other things. It's directed by Neil Marshall, hmm. who most recently has worked on Game of Thrones, like Battle of the Bastards. Um, but he's directed some of my favorite movies, like The Descent and Doomsday, which if you guys have not seen Doomsday, it's one of the greatest freaking movies I've ever seen. Um, Word. So that has it going for it. And it's also shot for $50 million. And Guillermo wanted like one fifty. And New Line is New Line. And New Line ain't gonna give you a hundred wow. million dollars. They they shot all three Lord of the Rings movies for a hundred and fifty million dollars or something like that. It's so, it's some the the budget is so disgustingly low you would be shocked for the things that they did with Weta. So um that's it. You know? It it's guaranteed at fifty million dollars. To- to make its money back and to do a sequel even bigger, but looking at that for fifty million bucks, the CGI and everything, I'm good. I go, and that's that's where I go. I'm going to give it more of a give it more of a break.
1: No, I agree. I, I'm with you. I'm with you there too. Um, the previous Hellboys also existed in a different time of comic book movies, so we'll see how this kind of lines up within this this uh, what I'm calling the Marvel sandwich in April. Yeah, Shazam yeah. stuck. Shazam's like the the tomato, and Hellboy's like the patty, and we got Captain Marvel and Endgame <laughs> crunching those two down. Man, it's, it's going to be an exciting spring.
0: Yeah, next next month is Shazam, Hellboy, and then Endgame. It's just out of control. It's a lot of money. Um, what I was going sorry, I just wanted to correct myself. I looked it up three hundred thirty million for the all three Lord of the Rings movies. So
1: okay. which is nothing. <laughs> no, not for what we got. Not, not for what really. we got. All right, so uh, Sylvester Stallone is on his kind of his uh, his his career ending tour, uh, cleaning up his characters within each of his movies, and Rambo is next on the slate. Uh, Rambo: Last Blood has been given a release date of September twentieth. So, I'm sorry, is this? I don't know. September two thousand twenty. I think. We gotta look this up because I gotta start putting the full data. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, right. Um, cool.
1: <laughs> it is. I mean, Rambo films are good for what they are, and they're extremely violent. And I I expect no less from the last one.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I I agree with you. It's actually no. You're right. It's coming out this September. It comes out this year. Awesome. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um. Here's the thing. I loved the last Rambo movie, and I actually really enjoy all of the Rambo movies James Cameron wrote. Uh, I think at least the second one, or the first one, or maybe both. Um, so, I don't have anything against them. It's just one of those things where like it's so far down on the radar that it's going to be that weekend where I'm like, oh shit, Rambo's here? I can't wait for this. But right now, I just... There's so many other things to think about, like Star Wars and Endgame and Captain Marvel and blah 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 with the three movies we literally just talked about two seconds ago so exactly. yes I will see it and I'll likely see it in the theater it just isn't high on the list right now
1: exactly exactly we are getting a new uh, Critters movie it's going straight to Shutter, uh, and we got a trailer for that this week so what is old is new again especially when it comes to horror I guess as of late and this so, is this is great for Shudder, right? This is uh Shudder's really kind of stepping up here.
0: Yeah, um I actually want to just a caveat. It's actually a Shudder TV show or a hmm. TV show. That's, there is a <laughs> Yeah, there is a movie coming out, but there's also this TV show. Um, oh, okay. So Shudder is super stepping things up lately. They announced that Creep show uh show, now this uh they've got a lot of originals that are coming out. So at First, it wasn't really worth it, but now I think it's the same price point. I think it's around $5.99, $6.99. It's getting to a point with these originals, like Joe Bob Briggs, uh, his um, drive-in horror movie uh, series that used to be uh, on USA back in the day is now uh, resurrected here at Shudder. It's getting worth the price point if you're a horror fan. So, uh, Critters, the new one looks... Ridiculous. Um, but if you like that series, then jump right on into it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh speaking of horrific things. We got a new look at Sonic the Hedgehog from the upcoming <laughs> whatever movie this is. Um, you've written still disturbing on here on our notes.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean really that's it. It just it's it's so creepy looking, like we know what Sonic looked like. For some reason, they elongated his body and gave him like a chest, and it's just—it's just creepy. That's all. We haven't—we haven't gotten a trailer yet, so maybe that will change things. But for right now, Sonic just looks like a weird humanoid.
1: Yeah. Moving on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay.
1: Uh, we spoke about the uh, the legendary uh, TV and movie deal. Was it or just TV for Brian Cape here? Uh No, I think it's... I think overall. It's yeah, I think it's
0: just like a... Yeah, I guess it's an overall deal.
1: Cool. So, Brian K. Vaughn has been tapped to write the previously announced Gundam movie uh, that Legendary announced. And this is kind of uh, interesting because kind of unexpected too.
0: Yeah, so what's curious about it is well a brian K. Vaughn, who wrote why the last man that series is coming out and he's writing saga still and he's one of the best writers he was a big part of lost uh when that was on too so he's he's been in tv and movies for a while but what's interesting to me is because he's writing this movie for legendary and legendary owns king kong and godzilla in pacific rim does this do anything like is there ever a chance for crossover like is this the ultimate world building <laughs> that we're they're silently doing but not saying like we know that Godzilla and Godzilla ah, Godzilla and King Kong are about to cross over uh, next year but will we see any crossover with these other properties
1: <laughs> time time can only tell on these this kind of stuff be oddly uh, invigorating if it did happen
0: yeah so um we haven't seen a live action Gundam other than for a few minutes in uh ready player one and it was awesome. So let's see what happens for a two-hour movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that alone made me want a Gundam movie. I know. Yeah. And I was gonna mention like this is this is just like a Ready Player One sequel, right? That's it. Where everybody's just battling it out. Uh finally in movie news, Melis- Maleficent, uh Mistress of Evil. We got a poster and now it also has a October release date for this year. So the, uh, the sequel of uh, Angelina Jolie's classic villain story is finally coming.
0: Yeah, so it got moved up from May 2020 to this year. Um, October, as we've talked about, has been a pretty dead landscape for films for some reason. Uh, not enough horror movies are coming out, so they're putting up this one, which means they clearly like the movie. It's done enough, and Disney wants to continue to kill every piece of competition this year, because almost every month, a Disney movie is coming out, which is just bonkers.
1: It's kind of disgusting, too. Um, Question. Does this open up any kind of mystery slate, mystery release dates in May of of next year? Say for a Marvel movie that may have been under wraps or stuff they haven't announced due to secrecy.
0: Yeah. Um I don't think it will be a Star Wars property. Uh that's for No. Sure.
1: They've learned their lesson.
0: Yeah, but for a movie that's not super CGI heavy, i.e. Black Widow, that's a hell of a spot to keep. And I would not be surprised. Yeah, they at could start all.
1: they could start filming that next month and have it done
0: by That's that. what I mean. Like it's you know, a Black Panther 2, uh, not to say you couldn't. I mean, it's more than a year away, but the script's done, so maybe. In all these movies with Kevin Feige at the helm, they've all been in pre-production. They all probably have CGI getting worked on. You know what I mean? Like, all the pre stuff stuff is, is there. Doctor Strange 2, you know what I mean? Like, we know Scott Derrickson is back. We know the cast is there. So, like, I would not be surprised if they move in a Marvel movie into that slot. They just haven't. They haven't done what they've done all the other years and put in dates. So, yep, I agree. It could it could happen. Awesome.
1: Let's just uh, let's let's hope for some news in the next coming months. That's it. Especially after Endgame hits. Well, after League
0: Endgame, game, then I, I guarantee guarantee. Oh no,
1: in Spider Man Two. What they need to, This is yeah. This is what they need to do. They need to take the end of at the end of Endgame. Say Spider Man Home or Far From Home happened before all this, so it doesn't really matter. Um, from the Infinity War Fallout, um, it's not really influencing too much, and it's not the next step. Then go from there.
0: Yeah, yep, I agree.
1: Um, moving on to gaming news. Uh, yep. We have a new Star Wars game called Fallen Order coming out this fall in conjunction with. Triple Force Friday. Now, the wording on this, um, the Fallout New Vegas writer, to pen it is penning it, has penned it, or to pen it? They say to pen. Um, I can't
0: even imagine that a game takes anything less than two years to write because of how, like, you have to write branching uh, story beats, dependent. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what. <sighs> We don't know much about this game.
1: Right. Should this game be in almost like post-production by now?
0: The game should be. like But you should have a story? The story is probably done. I'm thinking this is dialogue. Dialogue. Specifically dialogue is what I'm thinking. And you get somebody who worked for Bethesda who knows how to write if A plus B equals C, if A plus B equals D. You know what I mean? like. Understands how to write branching uh, stories, so you know we're we're gonna have to wait for E three to really get some more news on this game. Um, yeah. Nobody's excited about it because of what happened with EA last year with Battlefront two. Was it last year?
1: Yeah, you last year, two years ago, whatever years it is. Ago. So all I'm gonna say is EA has made three Star Wars games in the last seven years. It's pathetic.
0: Well, since and 2014. We-
1: we deserve better. Yeah, we deserve better. Um, Battlefronts were garbage. They're good for what they are, but they're, they're not good for what
0: they are, Chris.
1: Come on, they're, they're, garbage. they're also gar. It's also garbage. What? Yeah. It's it's the whole corporate idea of this that that we can just get abused for being Star Wars fans. So that's that's the bottom line. Um, these games, they got it did get better. They listened to us in ways, but. It's still at this point we haven't gotten these little side games, these little fun games. EA could have been doing a lot more stuff than just trying to make the next blockbuster video game. And to me, this sounds like it might not be ready for Triple Force Friday, to be honest with you. Especially when writers have been jumping off the titles and whatnot because they're too scared to delve into the canon. So, I have little faith in EA. And I always will.
0: I... I don't disagree with you at all. I will say that I loved the storyline, the single player storyline in Battlefront 2. Correct. I really did. And EA did that.
1: <laughs> so there Because they... why? Huh? Because everybody said, what the hell?
0: <laughs> yeah, they did. But, you know, we got a tie-in book, which was great. And then the, you know, it's I don't know. We'll see. Like I have to remain somehow. You know, faithful or hopeful.
1: I guess Rebellions so. are built on it,
0: Chris. I know, know,
1: but we need to have a podcast about we'll, this. We'll see. Yeah, because so we, because I'm getting we have a podcast. We're talking just dis- <laughs> just with 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 Disney Corporation. You know, it's just getting a little bit too crazy. So whatever, uh, Microsoft. Um, they want to release a disc-free Xbox, which um, previously. PlayStation was toying around with, so PlayStation did it first and better, uh, as usual. So, um, I'm not an Xbox fan, so I'm not really going to say yay or nay on this. I mean, it's it's the way of it's the natural way of things right now. Uh, the the physical media, like we just said, comics, all this stuff is going to be dwindling down to what's important, what is feasible and and marketable and can sell. But the more you can do digital content the better it's going to be for your company, period, cost-wise and across the board.
0: Yeah, you know, honestly, if it's kind of hard. Here's the problem. I would buy a PS5 or an Xbox 14 or whatever it's going to be that does not have a disk drive if it's cheaper. My problem is, is that the physical media drops down in price before digital does. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it flips, but very often, like Game or uh, God of War, for example, dropped down dramatically in price. Physically did not drop down digitally. So it's like, ooh, like what do I do? Like if I just went full uh, digital, then I'm not going to get some of those deals, i.e., at a GameStop or some other place, like a pawn shop or something. So, correct. Um,
1: GameStop is pawn shop. Uh, their tactics of of making your games worthless so you can just trade in whatever um, physical media. I agree with you on that aspect, but at the same time, um, in a world where we have less and less resources, um, it's it's smart to be honest with you uh, to do that. And like I just said, with digital movies, we did the same thing. It's taken up less room in our houses. Um, it takes up less room in our collections, and I get that. Um, but we still buy on Black Friday physical media. because it's We do. Super- we do. Um, and I agree with you on that aspect. Totally agree with you on it. Except the fact that um, I don't understand why they don't give you a benefit to buying digital media. Now, movies are one thing. Because you can buy a 4K movie at 20 bucks, a la Aquaman. Or I can go buy a 4K at $35. Huge difference. Huge difference. But when you look at books, not any different. You look at comics, not any different. You know, so what's what's going to be the benefit of buying these digitally versus, you know, going out and buying the physical media? That's what they need to really crack down on. Right. But yeah. if you do look at, like, the PlayStation Store deals, when it's 75% off for for PlayStation Plus users, that's that's crazy. When you go buy a full game for, like, 19 bucks, that's right. really $70. You know, so... Yeah. There are those. You got to watch for the deals always. Yeah, of course. I agree. It's hard, man. We grew up on physical media, and now we got to kind of move away from that. It's, it's not easy being collectors.
0: No, it's not.
1: <laughs> All right. Next up, in, uh, we're going to go over to Star Wars news. Uh, Galaxy's Edge is is headed at us in hyperspace speed. and uh, We're getting a lot more looks and teases and whatnot. Uh, we got to look at our at the Tie Slicer, uh, new uh, vehicle. Star Wars vehicles are one of the greatest things about that franchise, and uh, it's it's a uh, vehicle being made especially for the Galaxy Edge storyline.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Um, you know, you always wonder like what's going to be the new the new vehicles that they're going to show off, and the new franchise has not done as good of a job of introducing new vehicles, in my opinion. I could they just need to do better. They yeah. don't need to do oh, this is a typhoid, but it's in black, like yeah. it's it got a red thing, you know what I mean, like that's not good enough, and especially with the x wings that's bullshit the The best show for or anything right now for new vehicles is resistance, and that's saying something <laughs> like you know yeah. for a cartoon like they they went all out on making new vehicles, so you know there's some cool stuff like the Corvettes, but again, you made it bigger you know you didn't you don't they haven't really done too good at reinventing or or re whatever but this tie slicer looks pretty badass uh cool design on it reminds me a little bit of what um kylo ren's ship was in the last jedi which again was just a tweak of what happened in the force awakens, which again was just a tweak of the emperor's <laughs> shuttle <laughs> but whatever you know it, I'm glad to see a new vehicle. I'll quit being an asshole about it.
1: You are absolutely right. Yeah, it has been kind of boring, yeah. um, especially when you just take a walker and you make it a bigger walker.
0: I don't the, that walker actually isn't is bad to me. The from the Last Jedi, the like gorilla walkers.
1: The gorilla walkers okay. Um, okay. The um, the rogue the rogue one. <laughs> One where you just put like that cargo hold and make yeah, it a little bit bigger.
0: Like it's like thirty okay, so Rogue One actually we did get new troopers and we got the tank. So they actually did do yeah. a couple cool things, but like the new thirty years later, what the fudge? Like yeah, technology like did smiling
1: <laughs> Technology got better in Return of the Jedi than it did yes. thirty years later. Yeah, so
0: that's that's my thing. I just yeah. Come on, man! You made another Darth Death Star. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> they always will. Uh, next up, a new novel has hit this week. Uh, E.K. Johnson's Queen's Shadow, which is Padme's story, uh, where her transition from Queen to Senator. So it's set, it's set in the prequel trilogy, of course, uh, between Episode One and Two, right? I believe kind so. Kind of like. Yeah, kind of on, right, right around the Clone Wars time, uh, which is an important time. People are really liking this book. Uh, it does interest me because <clears throat> I do enjoy Johnson's uh, Ahsoka book and some of her other writings. So I think that it's great to see these writers who've done well uh, continue to get more book deals.
0: Yeah, I'm um, I'm pretty pumped up about it. Actually, it, it, I guess it does have some ties to overall canon as well uh which I thought was really cool as well as some clone wars connections um so yeah you know obviously we're going to see jar jar in it cuz that happens uh <laughs> but other than that like it it seems like the the fans are really liking it out there and um you know I haven't read a new star wars book in a while seems like it's been a bit of time so I'm going to put it into my audio book rotation uh, ASAP.
1: Do it up. Uh, and then the funny books side of things, uh, Vader Dark uh, Visions has been released this week, and I need to get my hands on that. Yeah, me too. So this is
0: like a bunch of like kind of one-off stories about Vader, whether they're true or not. Uh, it's kind of one of those things like the Luke book that came out where it's uh people telling tales, I believe, about Vader, so he can be a larger-than-life figure um, as the cover shows Vader on this freaking horse like looking like a franzetta painting. It's awesome. So, yeah, that's another one that I'm excited to get my hands on and read it. Um, so, yeah, good stuff.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. What time is it?
0: Pursuit of plastic
1: time. All right, toy fans, we are ready to pursue some plastic. Are you? Uh, first up, we got the first order four pack. It's gonna be a Disney Park exclusive tie-in with Galaxy's Edge. Uh, we we're just talking about that a little bit. Really ramping up the collectibles now for that. Uh, there's a lot more stuff announced than just this, but we will talk about this because this is more our interest when it comes to toys. Uh, so it is a four-pack, technically, uh, with the fourth figure being a mouse droid. So it's like <laughs> three figures and an eighth. Uh, but cool enough. Uh, we get Kylo Ren, a couple of troopers, and that mouse droid.
0: Yeah, you know, I won't be buying it, but if you are into that, then good for you. And I encourage you to get
1: it. <laughs> and it's like this weird gold trooper, which reminds me of when they did that red trooper. The gold uh, troopers from
0: Resistance. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say that. Um, so that's cool that they look to be connecting things. They yeah. Look to be connecting things. So who knows? I mean these characters could show up in episode nine, you know. So that's uh, especially with resistance kind of flooding or overflowing into that time period.
0: Real quick, since we're talking about Star Wars still, even though we're in Pursuit of Plastic, I did want to mention, we didn't put it on here, that Dave Filoni tweeted out that picture oh, yeah. of Ahsoka and Sabine and said, no, this isn't from a new series, but this could be something in the something happening in the future.
1: Yeah, it was also on the one-year anniversary at the end of Rebels. Um, so, yeah. so that's... It could be, and we know it is. He said Um, in the future. I know. We know it's coming. But not to get he also said don't get too excited right now. And it's like it's the natural way of things. I think because now we have this we're a year out, it's we're gonna hear something this April. Because I don't think they're gonna wait that long to continue this storyline.
0: If you had to speculate, what would it be?
1: It's going to be, it'll be the ventures of those two. Looking. Like as
0: a cartoon, as a live action, as a yeah. as, what? Um, as a made for Disney plus movie.
1: A multimedia event in, in light of shadows of the empire. Uh, All right. a, story a video story. game, comic book. Uh, I, you toys. know what? I would take a novel. I don't care. I would take a comic. I don't care. I would take anything, but I think we'll get a mini series movie on Disney plus. Okay. Six episodes. Yep. Heavily, I, heavily backed with money. Great storyline that spans the ages of Star Wars through time travel. Um, that really just opens things up to like new storytelling that we've never even seen, seen before in Star Wars because that's what this did in the first place.
0: <laughs> correct. Okay. Uh, that's fine. that's fine. I also would love that. So I'm going to, because I don't want to even try to argue that because I would like to see it, let's
1: move on. <laughs> Uh, let's see uh, Super 7 <laughs> is onslaughting us with their collectibles this year uh, right now uh, they've put up the, the Masters of the Universe movie collection for pre-order along with the uh, the Conan uh, uh, comic what is that based comic. on comic uh, version
0: Robert E. Howard comic yeah. there you go there you go
1: so those figures are now available for pre-order this month through the month of March
0: yep the movie stuff looks great the master of the universe movie figures look better than they should Conan I hate it to be quite honest with you I just think I don't know how you should do a Conan figure though I would imagine McFarlane would probably know how to this one to me was very underwhelming and I I don't like it
1: right uh you know it's there's just people who like that stylized animated look of things um like we said earlier, this a huge, huge, I guess, population of people who just collect different things. Because I've never seen this much stuff on the market in my life. <laughs> it's right. insane. It's yeah. insane. And then yeah. uh, finally today, in conjunction with the release of Captain Marvel this week, Quantum Mechanics is has now put their QFig of Carol Danvers up for pre-order. Cutesy fig awesomeness, and I... I may pick it up if I'm not buying that Aquaman already, because that one's even better.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quantum Mechanics, I mean, their Q-Figs are... I don't think there's a bad one, to be quite honest with you. Whether you want to get it or not is different, but they're all really cool. They're all a lot of fun. I like that they're uh, different and more unique, in my opinion, than a bobblehead from Funko. Um, so, I, you know, I think they're cool, and... We're going to be seeing Captain Marvel up the butt even more than we are right now. So let it, let that, that merchandising train begin. <laughs>
1: that's right. Cause that's what Disney's all about.
0: That's it. <laughs> you got it.
1: All right, Casey, where can you find us?
0: At don'forgetatowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Uh, we also are on all the social medias, mostly at DFATTowel.com. And that's Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Foursquare, all of them, really. And um, yeah, guys, you know, I, I want to say thanks for for supporting us. We had a we had a banging month in the month of uh, February, right? This is March, <laughs> right? Um,
1: and already, yes,
0: yeah, I know. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of episodes dropping this month, so stay tuned for that and. Thank you guys for continuing the support. That's
1: right, guys. Thank you. Go see Captain Marvel this weekend, and we will see you next time.